are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Here's the most important thing to understand about judging. There is nobody on the horse show grounds that is wishing more for a good round than the judge. We spend our day praying, helping. I cluck sometimes. I say, whoa, sometimes. We are trying as hard as we can and hoping as hard as we can and praying as hard as we can for good rounds. We are on your side. Welcome to the Practical Horseman podcast, featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Sandy Olenek, and this week's episode is with respected rider, trainer, and judge Jeff Teal. This is our second podcast with Jeff. The first one, episode 35, aired September 12th, 2020. It covered Jeff's riding and training career, as well as his extensive involvement with the governance of the sport. It includes Jeff talking about his favorite exercises to help riders see a distance, so be sure to check it out. But what we didn't get a chance to discuss in that podcast was his views as a judge, and I'm almost more excited to bring you this discussion. Jeff and I spoke as he was giving a three-day clinic at White Aspen Ranch in Billings, Montana. From this interview, I had a hard time deciding on the opening quote. It was between the one you heard on judges being on your side and another where Jeff shares, quote, you can't be the winner by trying not to lose. Such a valuable life lesson, as well as a competition lesson. Jeff also shares what he looks for when judging hunter and equitation rounds and what makes a winning trip. I also really like how he talks about judging from the positive where he's looking for the round that's special to win, a round that has a little something extra as opposed to the round with no mistakes in it. This being Practical Horseman's 50th anniversary, I asked Jeff, a longtime friend of the magazine, what's changed over the years in judging? He's pretty blunt about how the industry may be scaring off judges who often face very public criticism and second-guessing in this age of social media. To give you a little background on Jeff's judging career, he earned his U.S. Equestrian Federation Big R judging license and has judged prestigious competitions such as the PSOA, USEF National Hunter Seat Medal Finals, several ASPCA McLean National Championship Regional Finals, the Washington International Horse Show Equitation Finals, the USEF Pony Finals, and the New England Equitation Championships, to name a few. He's based in Wellington, Florida, where he runs a riding, showing, and boarding operation, training young riders and adults with Charlie Moorcroft. Before we get to the conversation, I also want to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, Sentinel, who has been a friend of Practical Horsemen's for many years and is helping us celebrate our 50th birthday. Here's their message. No one knows your horse's thoughts, emotions, and moods as well as you. Just as in touch as you are with your horse's personality, Sentinel's expert nutritionists are in tune with your horse's dietary needs. With foods in the form of extruded nuggets to provide exceptional nutrition and formulas made for every life stage and activity level, Sentinel's wide choice of carefully crafted feeds makes it easy to find the perfect fit to better your horse's health. Learn more at feedsentinel.com English. That's speedsentinel.com slash English. Now, let's jump right into the discussion with Jeff, where he starts with what he looks for when judging hunters. 
So the hunter division for me in the end is about jumping. I think that's the most important thing. I think anything that you judge in the end is about judging but, or jumping, but in particular the hunters. So in my mind, the horse that should win the class is the horse that is the best jumper that has the best round and it has to be a combination of the two things. So I'm looking for even pace. I'm looking for brilliance. I'm looking for smooth changes. I'm looking for elegance. I'm looking for great turnout. But above all, with everything else, I want a good jump, good technique. I want scope. I want freshness. I want a horse that actually likes jumping still. Uh, I think a lot of things, Tom's, we miss that in this day and age. I'm not looking for the round with no mistakes. I'm looking for the round with something a little bit extra. One of the things that I think is very interesting about judging is we use symbols when we judge to sort of denote the round so we can go back and, and refresh our memory if we have a question about a round or where the placing should be. Um, one of my favorite symbols, and probably my favorite symbol, is the plus sign. So if I see a horse make a spectacular effort or a jump or make a great jump, I always put a plus mark in that box next to that jump. And I like to use that as the differentiator, if that's a word. That should be what makes the difference to me. If there's a question between first and second and I have one with a couple of plus marks and one without the plus marks, that's an easy choice for me. And I call that judging from the positive. And I think that that's very important. I don't want the round that doesn't make any mistakes to win. I want the round that shows me something special to win. And I think that's important for uh, exhibitors, competitors, parents, and judges all to be aware of. It should be a positive, not a negative. I like that. I like that approach. That's a, a, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Big deal. I want to pick the rider, that, or the horse that I like. I want to pick the rider that I like. And I, one thing that's really important about judging is you can't be afraid to have an opinion. If you like that horse, tell them you like that horse. If you like that round, tell them you like that round. If you don't like it, you have to tell them that you don't like it. I like to judge with a very wide range of scores. Um, interestingly, uh, I did the NCEAA, the collegiate championships last year, and they use a five judge system. Five judges, five scores. They throw out the high and the low. At the end of the week, they came to me and they said, what do you think about our judging system? I said, I think it's great. The only problem is I could have sat in the hotel room because I don't think you ever used my score because I was always either the high or the low. And I don't think that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it certainly is an interesting thing because I have strong opinions and I'm very happy to say, yes, I like that a lot. And no, I didn't like that a lot. I think a lot of judges are nervous about offending people. That's not our job. Our job is to give our opinion. Um, that kind of plays into a question I was going to ask a little bit later, but you know, like, what does it take in terms of to be a judge? Um, Nerves of steel. <laughs> it does, honestly. The uh, and it's going in a bad direction. I'm going to say that publicly. Um, exhibitors, as a group, and in particular at the top level of our sport, are behaving badly. There's far too much judge bashing. There's far too much discussion about judges opinions based on watching one round or watching a part of a round or watching from a different vantage point there's too much of that going on but if you want to judge and it is a wonderful experience i've learned more from judging than anything else 
But if you want to be a judge, you have to have tough skin and you have to be willing to have an opinion and you have to be willing to share it and you have to be willing to walk away. The only thing that we're obligated to do besides giving our opinion is to have a reason for what we did. And that's the best that we can do. This is what I liked. This is why I liked it. That's all you get. But you need to be tough. It's getting worse. Social media has made a big difference in a negative sense. Uh, the top end of our sport seem to think they're the only ones that know anything. That's not true. They're all very good at what they do, but there are many, 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 many people that also are good with they, at what they do. And we're all entitled to our opinions. And if I'm asked to judge, I'm asked to give my opinion. They can read the prize list. They can see who's judging. If you don't want my opinion, that's fine. I don't blame you. It's <laughs> no big deal. But then you just skip that show. There are plenty more shows. So you have to be willing to accept what somebody tells you. And we make mistakes. Judges make mistakes. You cannot judge and not make mistakes. Plain and simple. If you think you're going to do it perfectly, don't bother. It's like anything else. I remember a time I judged the Junior Hunter Finals. It's a long story, but I judged the Junior Hunter Finals in California. My plane was delayed overnight. So the class started at noon. At 11.45, I was running from the parking lot after traveling for a day, raced up, sat down, heard the national anthem, and the first horse was in the ring. Anyway, long story short, this horse that I liked a lot, it was a jump coming right at me. I thought that it made a mistake of the jump, but I couldn't tell. I gave it a big score. One of my friends came to me later and said, what were you thinking when you gave that big score for that round? And I said, you know, some days you just chip the oxer and it's just like anything else. It's like making that long run and you chip and that's the way it is. You wish you hadn't done it, but you did it. And judging is the same. You make mistakes. Well, and that, that's kind of interesting what you're saying too, though. You gave the benefit of the doubt to the rider. And I think yeah. most people would say, well, judges wouldn't do things. But, you know, that, yes. that's kind of nice. That like, okay, I'm going to make a mistake. Here's the most important thing to understand about judging. There is nobody on the horse show grounds that is wishing more for a good round than the judge. We spend our day praying, helping. I cluck sometimes. I say, whoa, sometimes. We are trying as hard as we can and hoping as hard as we can and praying as hard as we can for good rounds. We are on your side. 90% of us. Very interesting. And people think, as you said, people think it's exactly the opposite, that we're just waiting for you to do something wrong so we can slash you and give you a low, low score. We want a good class. We want a clear winner. We want good rounds. We want great jumping. It's a very positive thing, not negative. So, and getting back to your first comment about you want a horse who is enjoying his job and is enjoying going around and jumping, um, what, what do you see in a horse that indicates that he's very important and we, we talked about you know we might get to pet peeves in, in judging so I really want a horse that wants to pick up the canner I want a horse that wants to work with pace I want a horse that's interested in the jump I want a horse that wants to make a great effort if they play on the landing side because they made a good jump and they know they made a good jump that's a plus for me not a minus um, what I don't like are ears back swishing tails flat back playing jumps, stepping the jumps. Uh, a lot of what we see judging in this day and age is very mechanical. As I said earlier, it seems like, and this happens, you know, sometimes you have to judge this way because that's what you're presented with. But 
a lot of judging seems to be picking the one who doesn't make a mistake as opposed to the one that is actually showing you something that you want to see. But, as I said, that brings up another point. You can only judge what you see. If I have a class of 40 horses and the one that I like the best wins, that doesn't mean that I'm excited about that horse or that I love that round. That only means that I felt that that was the best of that class on that day. I may be very disappointed that that's the horse that won the class. On the other hand, I may judge a great class and seventh place may be a horse that I love that has a great round that I love, but I didn't like it quite as much. One of the big things about the open numerical system that I think is great, and I'm not always a fan of the open numerical system, but one of the things that I think about it that is great is that it gives the competitors an idea of just how close the competition can be. The winner might be a 94, fifth might be a 90. That's a very small space. So if you were fifth in that class, you were darn close to winning it. And I think that's important to know. Other classes, it might be a 94, a 90, an 85, and on down. So, you know, from that end, pay attention to the numbers because it's telling you how close you are. And the numerical system, I know it's been in place for a little while, but um, can you just talk a little bit about that? How what that those numbers are indicating? So the uh, the number system is an interesting thing. I have been involved in a lot of things that have required the use of the open numerical system. I personally don't like it. I don't like judging numbers. I don't like training for numbers. I don't definitely don't like riding for numbers. I don't want to know that I got a 68. <laughs> I don't want to know that. But what's important is people like it. All right. And if they make it, if it makes it more enjoyable and it makes it a little bit clearer for exhibitors, competitors, then it's a positive. So I've always stood behind it, even though I personally don't like it. But I think that's important. All the numbers are doing is giving you an idea of what that judge thinks about your round. And in this class, a 78 might be that round. In another class or another division, a 78 round might be completely different. What's important is just how the numbers relate to how you place in the class. So I have in my mind like a 90, for me a 90 and 100 class has to be a horse that's a pretty horse. It has to be obviously a great jumper. It has to be a nice mover. If it isn't one of those three things, then it's probably an 80s horse. If it's not a couple of those things, it's probably a 70s horse. So in the 100 class, when the horse comes in, I have an idea before they start. Okay, that's probably going to be in the 80s. Now, that horse may move up to the 90s because it does something so well. It may move down to the 70s because maybe it doesn't jump as well as I thought it was going to. But you have sort of a range where you are starting off point for each horse and the, the equitation for each rider. And so there's there's that piece. And then, as I say, the most important thing is it just puts the riders in an order for placing. I think what's important, though, is I think that there's uh, there are two concepts uh, and thought processes out there that I don't think are accurate. One is people think that we judge differently when we use numbers. In other words, they think it makes us more fair, that if we don't use numbers, we're more apt to work with the results a little bit. And that's absolutely not true. When it's happening and you're doing numbers, it's happening so fast, you're just giving the numbers. It goes just as fast if you're not giving numbers, you're putting in the place. So 
the perception is that it's making judging more fair because it's public. The reality in most cases is it doesn't make any difference. The other thing that I think is very important is people think that in order to get a big score, you have to go at the end of the class. As a judge, many times I've given a 90, 92, 94 as the first rider in the ring. Again, you have to have confidence to do that. But most judges are confident and they will give the score that they think is appropriate. So holding out until the end is not the answer. You can win a class going first, you can win a class going last. Whether you're doing numbers or not doing numbers, it all should shake out the same. So the order is much less important than people think. Interesting. Um, so, you know, in the 100 divisions, you know, what's, you know, people say first impressions make count. Um, do, do you find that in, like, both divisions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very important to understand that you are being judged from the moment you come into the ring, right? So you have a chance to make a first impression. That certainly can change. But if you come into the ring and you have a horse that's relaxed, happy, nice mover, this is in the hunters, uh, well turned out, riders turned out. I like to think of the rider as somebody that's going to decorate the horse. That means that they need to have traditional, clean, nice riding outfit. I don't want to notice the rider. I want to be noticing the horse. And you make a nice trot, you walk, you pick up a nice gallop, and you head right to the first jump, you're ahead. Now, if you get there and your horse jumps it poorly, turnout's not going to help, okay? But if you get there and your horse gives you that dynamic jump and you keep going and you do deliver the good round, you're already a little bit ahead because of the way that you came into the ring. Years ago, I had a girl that won the medal finals and uh, Judy Young judged somewhere else and she came to me after the horse show and she said, you know, with your girl in the equitation, when she comes into the ring, she lights up the ring. And I've always remembered that because, and it was true, she had a beautiful horse, she took care of her own horse, it was impeccably turned out, shiny, her boots, you could see yourself in, her position was flawless, some of the time she had a good round, some of the time she didn't, but boy, when she had a good round, she won the class, and that's a big deal. So yeah, give yourself the advantage, be efficient, be clean, do the best you can, show them the good parts. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see riders making uh, in the hunter division? Too slow. Too slow. You know, I'm old fashioned. I like pace. You know, you need to, the first of all, the first jump is not a free jump. You don't get to crawl to the first jump, get over it safely, land, take a deep breath, and then start your round. It's already started. All right. So show a little brilliance. Come into the ring, pick up a gallop, go right to the first jump. That leads me back to get into the ring. There's nothing more frustrating as a judge is to, you've done the round, you've given your score, you look up, you see somebody in the in gate and they're painting the feet and they're going over the round and they're talking endlessly and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. If you have a good round, you're still going to get a great score. If you have a bad round, you're not going to get a good score. But I will say that over time, as judges, we all know who you are and you're irritating us <laughs> and you're frustrated. Frustrating, I think, is a better word. Be organized, learn your course before you get on the horse, go over your course, have your plan, have your horse turned out, then get to the in nature. If you wanna put hoof dressing on, great, but trust me, we're not judging 
whether their feet are shiny. It makes no difference to us. Exactly. You can have a horse that jumps badly with shiny feet that we're not going to give a ribbon to, and you can have a, a great jumper with dirty feet that's going to win the class. Um, but be efficient. You know, certainly take the time to do it as best you can do it, but don't waste time. So. Um, and I guess this leads into what we're talking about. Um, do you have any other pet peeves as a judge or anything you just really don't want to see? Uh, for sure. I mean, roughness is for me a no-brainer. It is a horse show. I don't want to see a lot of training going on. I mean, certainly sometimes you have to, but I don't want to see a lot of emotion. I don't want to see a lot of frustration. I don't want to see for sure. I don't want to see bad riding being taken out on the horses. That's enough to drive you nuts. Basically, you have a job to do. You come into the ring, you present yourself to the best of your ability, you give us the best round that you can, you finish your circle as best you can, and then you leave your round. This is the competition. All right. Anything beyond that is probably not a good thing. Get started. I don't love... Uh, talking about entrances i think the important thing about your entrance is you need to do the entrance that's going to give you the best chance at a good round if you have a horse that's 100 percent dependable and you can trot into the rank walk pick up your gallop and go right to the first jump by all means do it if you have a horse that can't handle that be as efficient as you can but if you need to give your horse a little tour of the ring do it and if you have the best round of the day you're still going to win the class Right. So do what you need to do, but do the least amount possible to get that good round. Um, you you talked about this uh, actually in an article. This might be more for equitation riders, but um, you're talking about how how a rider can show she she understands the course and. and why is that important? So uh, that's a really good question. So for me in the equitation, in the hunters, we're looking for the best jumper with the best round. In the equitation, we're looking for the rider first that can give us that great round. And that great round to me is the rider showing me that they understand the questions of the course and then answers them properly. And then within that group, I'm going to go with the rider with the best style, the best basics, the best turnout. Here's a great example. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyway. Years ago, I was judging the New England finals. And it was a very forward course. I think Kenny Chrome did the course. It was a great course. The last line was steady four strides, two verticals, no ground line, going towards the end gate. And this particular rider came in and she just zipped right around the course. She was a beautiful rider, met the jumps great, very brilliant, beautiful round. She came through the last turn. She slowed way down and she got a beautiful jump into the line, slowed down again and got a beautiful jump out of the line, finished with a nice circle, walked and left the ring. There they judged number scores with two riders. I said, I'm thinking 94. My partner said, I'm thinking 68. And I said, wow, why 68? He said, didn't you see? She slowed way down for that last line. So that was a hunter-oriented judge as opposed to a, an equitation-oriented judge. I said, but you don't understand. That's the question. And she answered it beautifully. He said, I don't agree. And I said, okay, fine. And I called it a 92. He went crazy, but she won the class. <laughs> but I didn't have time to talk about that because, but that's a great example. That rider showed us exactly what the course designer was asking and did it brilliantly. 
She wins. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, that's a good example. Too. Yeah, it's a great example. I'll never forget it. That was probably 25 years ago. <laughs> I can say it now because the other judges don't longer with us. <laughs> I'm next. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, talking, we've talked about the hunters, but um, I guess, you know, in terms of equitation, you know, can you talk about like what are the basic elements that make a good equitation round? Again, the first thing is that you understand the course and that you demonstrate it. The, the difference between the equitation and the hunters is the hunters ask questions, but they're very subtle. The equitation really asks questions. Can you slow down? Can you speed up? Can you turn left? Can you turn right? Can you jump this on an angle? Can you balance for the short turn? Can you stay inside or outside? So the winner is the one who answers the questions the best. If there are options, they're the ones that take the more difficult option, but do it well. That's a strategy question. You have to do the option that is going to give you the best chance to do it well. If you're better to go around something to get a good jump, you're better off going around. If you can stay inside and still get a good jump, that's probably a little bit better. But you don't want to go inside and get a bad jump because then you're out altogether. Um, turnout is very important to me again back to the example of lighting up the ring if you come in and you're perfectly turned out shiny boots clean tack appropriately fitted you're already a little bit ahead of the game and position is important you need to ride with your reins the correct length you need a good leg position you need upper body control you need to under show that you understand not only what looks right but more importantly why it works all right, position is all about function. So if you want to have a good round, you have to be able to be in the correct position. There are places on the course where you need to be closed and out of the saddle and going with the gallop, and there are other places where you need to maybe be sitting and opening a little bit to help with the balance for a particular jump, and it changes throughout the course, and you have to demonstrate to us that you understand those differences. And rider, can you just talk about why rider position is so important? That's really what it is. So the equitation division was designed to be a vehicle for juniors to learn how to ride properly. When to go fast, when to go slow, when to open your body, when to close your body, when to keep your leg forward, when to keep your leg back. And it's all designed to ask the questions to allow the riders to demonstrate that they understand good riding. It's evolved into its own division, which I think is sad. People are doing equitation just for the sake of doing equitation. That's not the point. Equitation is about learning how to ride. And I think it's important in this day and age that people understand that we don't really need the equitation division anymore to learn how to ride because we have so many different jumper divisions. In the old days, you learned how to ride a hunter. Then if you wanted to go to the jumpers, you started with what we call now high junior jumpers. You had to do a four foot six jump one. There was no two foot six jumpers. There were no two foot six jumpers. So you had to do hunters. Then you graduated probably to the equitation where you could learn the skills that you would need to go to the jumper division and then you went to the jumper division. Now that the equitation division has become an end of its own and it's gotten so expensive, we're gonna to start to lose people because you don't need to do it. You can start, I've proven it. I had uh, Laura Crowd's son who did a little bit in the equitation, but 
we just did the jumpers. We bought them a nice jumper. We started with lower jumps. We started teaching them basic riding and gradually we went higher and faster and higher and faster. He ended up being very successful in the amateur jumpers and then went on to a real life, which is great, good for him. But the point is that he didn't need the metal McClay in the finals to learn how to ride anymore. So it's there, it's a great tool, but it should be a tool. It should not be an end to itself. What qualities make a good equitation rider? You know, the biggest thing for the equitation, you really need to be confident, I think. And you need to be really willing to be a competitor and show off. You can't win at the end of the story in the big time competition, and I think this is true in anything, you can't be the winner by trying not to lose. So you have to be brave enough to put yourself out there, take the risk, and win the class, or lose in a big way. But you don't learn how to win unless first you learn how to lose. So the best equitation rider is the one that's disciplined enough to put the homework in, to get the polish, get the basics down, really learn the skills. And then you need to be competitive enough, competitive enough and uh, confident enough to be willing to take the shot. I'm going to take the chance and go inside here because I know I can get a good jump and I can win the class. So you have to start at the beginning, learn the skills, and then have the confidence to show them off. Um, and do you think that like applies to um, you know a lot of people aren't aren't doing the upper level equitation, but or you know the big equitation? But would you say that sort of applies across the board? Absolutely. Um, you know, Absolutely. The skills are a little different. The tests are a little different. The questions are a little different. But the the answers in a general sense are still the same. You need to show that you understand what's being asked of you, and then you have to be willing to be brilliant in that answer. What do you like about being a judge? I, what I like about judging is how much you learn from it. 90% uh, of the classes are won by 10% of the horses. 90% of the classes are won by 10% of the riders. Uh, the thing that I have learned the most is whoever has the best horse wins the most. And that leads me to what's important, which is all of those things that we do in the schooling area, thinking that we're helping, usually backfire. When you judge and you watch, if you have a good rider on a good horse and they warm up quickly and efficiently, a handful of jumps, pick out one or two things that you want to work on and then take your shot, you're going to be more apt to be than the winner than the one who is using up all the good things that they have to offer in the schooling area. And that's what I took from it. A, look for better horses. B, there are some horses, I think this is very interesting, when you judge, there are some horses where the jumps seem to come up right, and there are a lot of horses where the jumps seem to come up wrong. And so it's changed the type of horse that I buy and what I look for in horses. There are horses that make our job easier. There are horses that help. And if you're smart, you're gonna look for that kind of a horse because it will help you. And they can be young horses, old horses, inexpensive horses, expensive horses, if you have enough time and enough patience to wait for the right one. But in the end, this is a sport about the horses. It's a sport about mounting yourself as well as you can and then taking care of that horse and doing the least amount possible. Very interesting. This year in Florida, I did a bunch of children's ponies, riders. I don't know why that happened this year. But we got to a horse show. At the last horse show of the circuit, there was a 12 weeks of WEF. I don't show it all 12 weeks, but the circuit was at the end. Then they do the spring circuit. And I was standing with a fellow trainer 
I was jumping, he built an oxer, and I said to him, you know, this entire circuit, I haven't jumped one oxer. And he looked at me like I was insane, which I am. But for what I was doing, didn't require jumping an oxer. So I didn't do it. They jumped a couple of verticals, three, four, maybe five jumps. Horses are warmed up. Kids are either going to do it right or not do it right. Your best shot is to go up, make sure they know the course, give them one, maybe two things to work on, and roll the dice. And if you've done your homework, it, your homework will carry you through it. All that we do out there, the way, oh my God, and now the flowers and the guide rails and the this and the draw reins and so-and-so's got to get on first and then you're going to get on and then in between, right? It's just, it's nuts. And it doesn't, in the end, it doesn't work. In the end, it doesn't work. The best thing you can do is get the best horse you can, do the most homework you can, learn your skills, warm up as quickly as you can, and go win the class. So that kind of speaks to, just getting a little away from judging, but it speaks to doing your homework at home. Yes, yeah. And now, you know, this the whole environment that we're in now, they just show and they show and they show. And uh, and if it's all right, I'll take the, differ uh, take the time to explain the difference at home. Uh, we're here, Sandy and I, doing a clinic, but at home, you can repeat something, an exercise, until a rider has a feeling of what it is they're trying to get, as opposed to a thought. So at home, you can learn what it is you're trying to feel, how you got that. Now it's part of your riding. Now you can take it to the horse show and you can use it. What's happening now in the horse show world is they just show, they go in the class, they roll the dice, they talk about it, they think about it, and then they get on another one, or they go in another class, or they go to another horse show, and they try it again, but they're not stopping and understanding it and practicing it and learning it and filing it and then moving on to the next thing. It's an unhealthy thing. We're not creating great riders. Because they're not feeling it. They're not feeling it. They're not spending enough time learning it. They're learning how to show. And it works, they win, but it's a very expensive, sloppy way to do it, in my opinion. <laughs> Plenty of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sort of leads into, this is actually Frankie Wilmerson's 50th uh, anniversary, wow. if you can believe that. You've That's amazing. Been with us for so many of those years. That, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say, yes. <laughs> could you, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good that's thing. Good thing. Um, could you talk a little bit about how judging has changed over the years since you've been judging? My biggest concern right now is, uh, I, and I worry about this, judges have, and this is very recent, but in the last year or two or three, judges are finally getting nervous. They're afraid to tell you what they think. They're afraid to make the wrong move. They're afraid of getting written up. They're afraid of complaints. And I don't blame them. It's gotten to be very, very uncomfortable because the social media has made an incredible negative difference. Um, people all the time are getting on. They put a video on, which is taken from a completely different angle from the judge. Uh, and they're saying, look at this. This should have been in 86. Uh, it happened to me last time I did the medal finals. Somebody came to me and said, what didn't you like? And I looked at my card and I said, we didn't like the way the horse jumped the second jump. They said, show me, watch the video, show me. The video was from the other side. I said, I watched the round. I said, if I saw it from there, I'd probably have you right in the top pile. But I didn't. And if you saw it from where we saw it, you would understand why we did what we did, okay? So we are scaring judges off, and I am one of them that is getting scared off. I'm judging, I judge one show 
in Florida now because I have so much respect for David Burton and the fact that he runs those sports shows and I know how hard he looks for judges. So as a personal favor to him, I hope it's a favor. I judge for him. And I judge in Canada because in Canada, the people are much nicer. It's still a sport. They behave well. It's very relaxing. And I don't judge a lot here anymore because it's become uncomfortable. You travel, you do the best you can, you get shredded in person on social media, you feel bad about yourself, you lose your confidence. Why? Why bother? And it's so bad because we're scaring away the very people that we need to judge us. We all want to be judged by our peers and we're acting so badly that we're scaring them away and it's very dangerous, I think. Very dangerous. It makes me very sad. But I don't want to judge. <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah, well, um, I guess getting back to... Um, Something a little more positive? Yeah, a little more positive. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we talked about sort of almost a, the mental, emotional aspect of being a judge, but, you know, like in terms of knowledge, um, what, what makes a good judge... You know, again, opinions are critical and having the confidence to have those opinions is critical. But having the knowledge, you know, we all like to be judged by people who have had success. It's plain and simple. You know, if I show as an example in front of Louise Serio and she doesn't like my round, but I thought my round was great, I'm fine with that because she has earned the right to have that opinion. And if I were to have my biggest wish, and I've worked, I've worked very hard with a lot of people to make this wish come true, but I wish the people, more of the people at the top of our sport would give back to that sport and get their judges card. It's not easy, it's a difficult process. Judging is not easy, but it is important. And we all want to be judged by our peers. And unfortunately, with the system that we have, every time that we restrict or make getting the card more difficult, we're making it easier for the people that we don't want judging. And we're making it more difficult for the people that we do want judging. So again, if I could turn this all around, we would have people that are successful in the business and our peers being the ones that judge us because we're all happier taking opinions from those people. So I'll let go negative again, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, one thing you said uh, that I did fall, um, you're talking about turnout, how that's important. Um, and I think in the article you've written, it was quite a few years ago now, you were talking about um, you know, you don't have to have the fanciest clothes. You know, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about that aspect yeah. that it's not? What's important with turnout is effort, right? You don't have to have 10 pairs of the most expensive boots. You don't have to have riding coats in every color. Um, but you do have to have the best fitting clothing that you can get. And you have to take care of that clothing. Right? I'm going to use myself as an example. My mother made my riding coats when I was a kid. I wouldn't spring for a riding coat. And she spent hours making sure that they fit to the best of her ability, which was great. Didn't actually turn out that great, but the effort was there. Riding boots. I didn't have riding boots. My parents wouldn't buy me riding boots. Somebody very nicely gave me a pair of riding boots that had been Bill Steinkraus's. 
And I spent hours shining those boots every night. I still do it. Every night where I'm done riding, I clean my boots with the tooth polish, right? It's such a habit. But it goes back to, we talked about it a little bit in the clinic. We just did a little uh, blurb here. But discipline is important, right? So get the best coat that you can get. Take care of it. Keep it clean. Make sure it fits. Get the best boots that you can. Take care of them. Make sure they're clean. Make sure they fit the best they can. Same with britches. Make sure your tack is clean. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be fancy. It has to be uh, serviceable. It has to be clean. If the bit's shiny, A+. plus. Stirrups can be shiny. Boots can be shiny. Horse can be clean. Braids can be neat. I'm a great braider. Why? Because I did it for myself for years, all right? And I practiced. But I can braid beautifully. And that's a big part of it. Turn out, horse and rider. And it's something you can control. You know, you can't control the distances, so you might as well shine your boots. Because the point is this, if you happen to get that good round, you want everything in place to get that blue ribbon. There's nothing sadder than getting that great round, but getting second or third because you look like hell coming into the ring. It just doesn't make sense. Stack the odds. So when lightning strikes and you have that good round, Everybody's on your team. Get them on your team. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good. It's a good strategy. Good, very good strategy for, for many things, not just riding. Exactly. That's the beauty of riding. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I think, uh, you know, this has been really educational. Um, really appreciate your talking with us. Yeah. Sorry, I've gotten a little jaded, but it's good for people to hear. Anyway, listen, this is a great sport. Judging is a great thing. You will learn more from judging than anything else. As an exhibitor, I think it's very important that you understand the judges are on your side. That's the most important thing to take away from this. We're doing the best we can. We're going to make mistakes. We don't hate you. We are rooting for you. If we do hate you and you have the best round, you're still going to win the class. Ninety percent, at least, of the people that I have judged with are non-political. They are killing themselves to do a good job. They're hoping for approval. They'll take what they can get. It's not bad. It really isn't. It's good. Great. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's conversation with Jeff Teal. And a big thank you to the episode sponsor, Sentinel. Learn more at feedsentinel.com slash English. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Also, tune into our mini-sode series, The Fod Pod, where you'll hear audio lessons from our favorite Practical Horseman on-demand clips. When you tune into the FOD Pod, listen close for a promo code for 15% off your Practical Horseman on-demand subscription. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Sandy Olenek, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast.